Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from beautiful, sunny Southern California. Hope you're having a good day. Sorry I couldn't be with you yesterday. I was uh, guest hosting the Dan Patrick Show, where we talked about Juwan Howard and the issue which now has him suspended for the rest of the regular season. We'll get to that upcoming in about 15 minutes. Uh, Leon Rice, head coach of Boise State University. They got a big game tonight at home. On 2-22-22 against San Diego State. And, um, you know, for that, uh, we also want to get his thoughts on the, 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 the handshake line discussion, on uh, coaches talking to other coaches in handshake lines, etc. Uh, also got some thoughts for you on Zion Williamson and what's going on in New Orleans. Uh Mason Rudolph got a vote of confidence. What's that mean? Maurice Jones-Drew will join us. We'll talk about the Steelers situation. We got a bunch. We got a metric ton to get to. Uh, okay, so, oh, we got Rick Buecher later on the show, too? Awesome. So, yesterday, Aaron Rodgers took to social media and had posts of gratitude, including his now ex fiance who he had great gratitude for. His teammates, his organization, his coaching staffs. There was even a picture of Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb standing at attention for the National Anthem. And normally, that's where Aaron Rodgers stands. Only that picture was taken in Kansas City, the one game he missed, which left a lot of people wondering, what does this all mean? So today, he had his weekly appearance on Pat McAfee's show on YouTube, and he said this about it being cryptic. Unless you've gone through certain experiences um, and had, you know, uh frustration and 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 been near the bottom and then get near the top and understand the uh the beauty in life and uh i think that's then you might say things about that. that's a cryptic message i mean there's nothing cryptic about gratitude you know i just came out of a 12-day cleanse where you're eating a specific diet and you're going through these treatments every day and you're not really doing anything else you got to kind of turn everything else off and and so you know, you're not working out, you're not straining or anything. It's kind of a recentering, um, and and it not only heals you physically, but I think it takes away mental stress and and then the spiritual part. I think it allows you to kind of enjoy the meditations a little bit more. So when I come out, my first thought is just intense gratitude for the people in my life, and that's not every person in my life that I mentioned, and and there's other people to to highlight in the credit, but that was just where I was at. I was going through some old pictures from the last year and felt an intense amount of gratitude uh, for the life that I have and for the lessons that I've learned and the growth that's happened over the last year and the people who've been a part of that. Okay. 
Uh, here's Rogers explaining the photo with Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams. One of the photos was actually the last photo, and it was a photo of Randall Cobb and then a space and then Devontae Adams. And the Internet, obviously, and the people who are your detractors uh, were saying, oh, this means he's done, he's gone. And it sounds like you legitimately do not have your decision yet, although you might be leaning one way or another. You're a human. In my eyes, when I saw this photo, it was you actually saying thanks to them for thinking about you when you weren't there. Am I wrong in reading that, or is that exactly why you posted that? Is that it? First of all, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, full transparency, when I got that message, I cried. You know, when I got that photo from from Randall and Devante, you know, it, it brought tears to my eyes. Because that's my guy standing before the game, right? Randall's always on my right, Tay's on my left, and I embrace with both of them after the anthem. And it's, it's a part of the pregame ritual, but also just to a statement about friendship and love and, and the connection that, that we have uh, collectively and, and individually in our own friendships. And, you know, they held space and, and an open spot for me, the game I missed because of my positive COVID test. And that got me, man. And that's one of my favorite photos from the year. It, it really is because it just shows the love and, the, and, and how special each of those moments are. So that's, you know, that's one of my all-time favorite photos. And, and, the thought that went into doing that was, man, deep, deeply moving to me. And, and especially with, you know, how crazy that week was to get that photo after the game from them was, it got me. Uh, here's Aaron Rodgers talking about the balance between home life and personal life. When the home life is so great it, it, and the work life is, is good as well, it allows you to have work be a bonus. So work is no longer a refuge or home is no longer a refuge huh. where you have to get away from a certain environment to be able to thrive. When you're thriving at home and loving work, you know, work just becomes icing on the cake. And, you know, I was I was teasing with uh, with Matt uh, before, and I mentioned in my speech, two, three years together, two MVPs, there's no coincidences. And I also was telling Shay, you know, I've been with you for two seasons, won two MVPs. Like, that's not a coincidence either. And I mean that, you know, when, when your home life is stable and you have uh, an amazing partner to, to do life with, it just makes the work life a bonus. And it, it changes the perspective because you're able to not look at work as like a refuge. Yeah. It's like, how much more fun can I have at work now? Now that the stress, you know, of, of, of personal life stuff is, is out of there, how much more enjoyment can I get out of work? What areas can I focus on? to uh to enjoy more the bus rides the meeting rooms times to put your phone away and enjoy the locker room conversations i think that's a huge part of it the gottlieb show here on fox sports radio uh look look my takeaway is that we all want the answer to where aaron Rodgers is going to go what does he mean by it and aaron Rodgers is he's going through this this kind of earthy uh meditation sort of phase where he's trying and searching for anything. He's, it's, the, it's the search for happiness. It's, it's midlife is what it feels like to, to, to me. Um, but the idea that we all think that he's cryptic, this is a lot like when a guy, the first half of a baseball season, it's a ton of home runs. We wonder, we wonder if uh, he's on steroids. Why? It's not any of his own fault. It's what we've seen for the past 30 years, 40 years in baseball leads us to be suspicious of somebody having an unbelievable start, right? When, when athletes talk amongst themselves 
You know, like basketball players after a game, we all wonder if they're trying to arrange a super team because, well, that's apparently what Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant did back when they were together and they're seen whispering and planning and plotting. Aaron Rodgers, the reason we're wondering about the cryptic tweets is not necessarily because of the tweets. It's because, well, how much he's not let us in in the past and how many athletes have had those cryptic tweets, which leads us to believe he's staying or going. All of what we've seen through the use of social media are breadcrumbs. LeBron left us breadcrumbs that he was going back to Cleveland. He left us breadcrumbs that he was going to L.A. And so we're searching for breadcrumbs for what Aaron Rodgers is doing. That's not the fault of Aaron Rodgers. The part of Aaron Rodgers is, you know, look, he hasn't let us in, and now he's letting us in, and we needed that voice to give us a set. And even if he explains it as, it doesn't mean anything other than, man, that photo really got me. Here's a powerful one. We all think we want to read Aaron Rodgers' mind, and the fact is none of us can. Bayard, do you have – what's your takeaway from Aaron Rodgers' um, – Instagram posts over the last day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, last night, like I, I think I, I thought it was too easy for him to send that out and then set it up for today in that announcement because that's just not, that's just not who he is. He's a, it, I, I don't mean to use this in a general term, Doug, and I've always used this with you. It's just he's a different cat. He's just he's just does stuff that maybe I would not that I wouldn't do but I just don't go around or go about the way that he does certain things and I don't know many people that do the things that he does I thought that last night actually I I was not expecting anything today because it just would be too on script for Aaron Rodgers with that post last night he may be feeling all of this and it may be his way of riding off into the sunset but I didn't think that we were going to get the announcement today from the emotional post last night uh, what do you think, Jace? Too. I think that Aaron Rodgers is very genuine in everything he just said, except one thing. Um, I do think that he did it intentionally last night to be vague because I think he's playing with us. He knows he's going to be the topic of conversation. He knows there would be a full night and morning of discussion about him, which there has been. And so I, I'm not, I'm not buying the fact that he wasn't being intentionally cryptic. But everything else to me uh, rings true. I, everything else he said, and I think he, I, th- I think a lot of his answers are smart, and that he's, he's contemplating something big right now. Uh, but I also think he's kind of, kind of having fun with the people that cover him. Uh, Ramos, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's definitely knows what he's doing. He's definitely putting out signs just so people kind of screw around and be like, well, I wonder what he's going to do. He likes the attention, and uh, this doesn't seem like anything new to me for Aaron Rodgers. It seems like right right in his wheelhouse. Uh, look, I don't think it's that he likes the attention. I don't. I, I don't think I, – I really don't. I don't believe he I, – I understand, Ramos, where you get that from, and it's it's a really reasonable take and thought that, hey, this guy just – Loves the attention of if I post something. I I think he's a searcher. I think he um, isn't crazy happy. And he's trying to figure out, was it Green Bay? Was it the organization? Is it football? Is it that I haven't taken stock in what I have? Is it relationship-wise? Would leaving Green Bay make me feel better? Would a different organization, would a change of scenery make me feel better? Or can I just be happy where I am? My, my, I honestly believe, okay, 
if if you take what Daniel Jeremiah told us, which is what I've heard, which is most expectations are for him to return to Green Bay, I think he's trying to convince himself and all of us that, look, he's taken stock in all that he has. And he realizes what he has is really, really good, that most people would kill for it. And he's going to try and, you know, be happy where he is instead of searching for the next thing. I don't know if that works. That's my read on it. And again, you're trying to read something from somebody who's very, very difficult and frankly doesn't feel like he wants to be read and tried to explain that to us earlier today. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so uh, the Juwan Howard thing. I, 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 you know, the more videos I saw, the more I believed my take and my thoughts were accurate. Okay, and what happens is, you have you'll have people in our business that <laughs> it's or just people in general. I I get the messages on Instagram like you're a racist. Like what? So when when I say this, Juwan Howard was completely out of line. What he did was, frankly, reprehensible in representing himself, right, who has earned, and and I want to make sure this is clear. Juwan Howard earned the head coaching job at Michigan through his play, through the fact he had been an assistant coach in the NBA, and his reputation of a guy who you'd want to have lead young men. Earned it. He's earned that reputation. He's doing harm to that reputation based upon how he's behaved as the head coach at Michigan. What he did last year with Mark Turgeon. Earlier this year, there was an incident uh, with his own team shaking hands at Rutgers. And, and look, I understand. No one understands better than me about people yelling things at you and the, the immediate and visceral reaction you want to have. No one understands more than me. Look, I've lost a game at Rutgers, when Rutgers wasn't any good. I know what that handshake line is like. <laughs> the first game in Big East history for Notre Dame and Rutgers, I was a starting point guard. We lost a 14-point lead. I airballed a free throw. I remember every, I can tell you every play that happened in the game. We lost in overtime. I, I remember that handshake line. I remember you're in Jersey and dudes are yelling awful stuff at you. This is before I did anything wrong. But but how you handle it. So by now, I think if you're a sports fan of any repute, you know what went down on Sunday. You've seen the video. And we, we act like Greg Gard stepped to him and pushed him with two hands. It was like, what do you want some punk? right? Or he grabbed him like he's a little kid. Like he did the shake hands, grab your elbow to actually be more personable, to let me explain. And Juwan Howard not only overreacted by pushing his hands away, but then put a finger in his chest. And even then, Greg Gard wasn't brought to like, let's go to, first of all, he's not an idiot. He's not going to fight Juwan Howard who would, you know, 6'9", 6'10", big, strong man. Like that would not have likely ended well. Unless Greg Gard does 
Brazilian jiu-jitsu that I'm not aware of. But the 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 crazy part, okay? The crazy part is that um we excuse this behavior. Excuse it. In handshake lines. Like that's the time when the coach has to show the most class. And, and I, I somehow this has become a discussion whether or not we should have handshake lines. I thought Tom Izzo said it best. Take a listen. This is me yesterday. Would be the biggest farce, joke, ridiculous nature of anything I've ever heard of. We've already taught these poor 18-year-olds that when you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable. And now we're going to tell them to not man up and walk down a line on someone who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand is utterly ridiculous. So if the president said it, I think he's full of it. If the best coach in America said it, I think that gets me way more than this incident. I, I, I would, I agree. I'm, I, I understand there can be bad behavior in handshake lines that one out of every 250 games, you can have somebody act out of line. That doesn't mean you stop having the handshake lines. That means you improve those ratios. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't know how any of this would be excusable behavior. I actually think the good thing that came from it was that he wasn't fired. Now, I, I do believe other coaches, even quality coaches, successful coaches, would have been fired. I mean, throwing a throwing a punch at an assistant coach from the other team on national TV when you're the head coach at Michigan – like those are these these are fireable things, and then not taking ownership of it in the post game press conference, but just like he can teach his team and coach his team, we can all coach through how he's handled and coach ourselves. In that, the immediate reaction of fire the guy who makes the mistake is not really in the spirit of what you're trying to accomplish. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk to Leon Rice. He's head coach of Boise State in a second. They got a huge game tonight. He's also been in this thing for his entire professional life. Been a high school coach as well. Get them in a second. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio tonight. Huge game. Huge game at Extra Mile Arena. Boise State, 12-2 and in conference play. A two-point favorite. Welcomes in their rival from San Diego. They beat, I think, 42 42- 37 earlier this year, San Diego State. And Leon Rice, the head coach of the Broncos, joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Leon, how are you? No, Doug, that, that had to be a halftime score, what you saw, I think, that uh, 42 to 37. That was the final score, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. But okay. I had a lot of my buddies. I had a lot of my buddies in coaching say, no, I saw that score. They must have printed it wrong. I mean, 42 to 37. Holy cow. But when I went, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to, great to be on here with you. But uh, my buddies were like, it had to be a halftime score. But when you went back and watched that thing, holy cow, was it a physical? I mean, there are two really, really good defensive teams. And it was maybe, you know, in all my years of coaching, and I'm talking about playing against Michigan State, playing against you know, some of the most physical teams in the country over the years, that game 
might have been and probably was the most physical game I've been a part of. Um, why? Why do you think college basketball feels more physical now than it's been in the past? I don't know if that's it, it's. I don't know if I would, if I could or would make that statement. But I, I think maybe that's true. But um, I know it's my most physical team I've had at Boise State. We've had some great offensive teams and probably more. Yeah, I wouldn't say finesse because we're we're always deceiving uh, how physical we are because we're, we're always a good rebounding team. But this is from top to bottom my most physical team and and you know san diego state plays that style and uh they're a great rebounding team and we're a great rebounding team and that's where the physicality showed up i mean the shots would go up and you'd look and there'd be two guys on the ground one guy falling out of bounds and one guy would end up with the ball i mean that was on it seemed like every possession down the stretch um how different is it now the second time around, right? Now you play them in your place. There's these games, and anybody has felt followed this league knows that you guys have a history of playing crazy games against San Diego State. How different is it second time around? Well, you know that, that's what Coach Fisher and I were always talking about. It was it was remarkable how many games literally went down to the horn going off and the ball going towards the rim, and it was like. You know, are we going to make it and win? Are we going to miss it and lose it? It was for both teams, both ways. We had so many of those. It was it was unbelievable over the years. And, and you know, we've had some great basketball games. I've been in the league 12 years now, and there's been a lot of just great games with, with San Diego State. And, and you know, hopefully uh, tonight's another one of those. Leon Rice, the, our guest in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, when you – were you watching – were you watching the game, the Wisconsin-Michigan game, or do you, how did you how did you see the incident? Well, I was going. You know, we had Mountain West games on. I think I was I was dialed into one of those, or uh, maybe I can't remember who else. But I was going back and forth with some games, and then somebody texted me about it, and like, oh Lord sakes, did you see what happened? And and so you know, immediately it was everywhere, and so I got to see it right away. And yeah, it was uh, it was a, a sad situation. Uh, okay, what, what, what's your take on the hand, on? Some believe you should do away with 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 handshake lines. Where do you stand on it? Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I understand, you know, the the both sides of the coin, and uh, and but I do think there's a lot to be said about what the lessons that we have to teach kids and ourselves. Uh, as coaches, I mean, this, you know, we talk about kids, but, uh, you know, we, it's tough on coaches too to have to swallow their pride, have to swallow their anger, get control of their minds before something like that happens and, and, and shake hands. And it's hard to do. It's easier said than done. There's, there's a lot of handshakes that, that have ended in bad things throughout the country. So, you know, I, I stand both because, you know, some the, the the conversations at the end of the game, I think, are useless. Like you know, the conversations in the in the handshake line are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's never the time to solve a problem or to explain yourself of what you did in the game. If if you do need to have a handshake uh, conversation, well, 
wait till tomorrow, reach out to the coach and, and talk it out then when cooler heads can prevail. Don't, you know, that's, that's a lot of the things when, when somebody tries to say something and then it's misunderstood or, you know, tempers are high and all those, that's when all the problems start. So, you know, nothing really should be said other than unless you can say something really good to, you know, some of the players, which, you know, I always, I always enjoy shaking their hands and, uh, you know, because that's the only conversations I have with a lot of those players. And, you know, so to be able to tell them how much I respected them and like competing against them over the years and those kind of things, uh, those are those are the productive things that you get out of the handshakes. All right. So, so again, if Leon Rice is in charge of all of college basketball, keep or do away with handshakes? Well, I, I, I don't want to do away with it just because of a knee-jerk situation you know i like to you know i think just because something like this happens and all of a sudden oh we do away with it and we haven't given it the whole pros and cons of it but but you know i'm a little bit more old school and and the old school is the handshake line and um i think there's some there's some lessons to be learned and and it's a reminder for me that yeah i got to you know, you, you you forget in college you got to teach these guys the same lessons over and over again. So you can't take for granted that. Well, I, I I taught that three years ago about how important it is and the dignity and respect and the sportsmanship and all those things. You got to be teaching that stuff all the time and and with every group that you have. So, you know, it does it's a good reminder for me to be able to do that. And and you know, Doug, more importantly, the 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 one area where I've always been really really concerned about that I think could end up maybe even worse than a handshake line situation is the court storming. And not that I'm against it because I, I college kids be college kids, but what I'm against is when these guys come storming on the court and they get right into a player's face right. as the buzzer going off. Right. I mean, you are, that is the one that could end up that, you know, I pray that that doesn't happen, but I've been in a situation where, you know, where I just remember one of them when we were at Missouri uh, playing with our Gonzaga team, and we beat them, and they stormed the court. And uh, those guys, there was a bunch of students that ran right into Morrison's face. And I'm like, guys, you don't understand. This guy's crazy, <laughs> and he's so, crazy in a good way. You know, he's so competitive. So you're asking an athlete who's super competitive, who he was down to the final shot, and he had the final shot. I think you know, or close to it, and. You know, there's a lot going on, and now you got some college drunk college kid in his face. I mean, it's a powder keg. And I remember running over there and kind of getting him away from it. Uh, I, but I, I could have started a huge brawl because you know all it takes is one match, and then the, the fire is gone. And so that that's the one that that scares me a lot more than this handshake debate because you see that a lot and again like i'm for college enthusiasm and all the pageantry and the stuff that comes with it but i think that's a powder keg waiting to happen and there's you know there's some places that manage the short carving they keep them away you have to keep them away from the athletes that's that's probably the biggest thing no 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 question about leon rice head coach of boise state joining us on the doug gottlieb show on fox sports radio uh what year was it when you got to spokane to work with mark few I came right after the uh, I, I uh, came after the Elite Eight run when they uh, and then Dan Munson went to Minnesota. So I was there in two thousand two thousand one, and uh, that was my first year. And I was there oh. for eleven years with them. Can uh, and look, you guys. I think you made the tournament 
every year you were there, right? Every year you were there. But, Correct. you know, if I would have told you that you would go from where you were when you got there, trying to replace Dan Munson and keep that thing going, to where they were the favorite to win the national championship last year, one of the favorites to win it this year. They've been to a couple of Final Fours. This is like a perennial thing. If I would have told you this would happen then, what would you have said? Well, you're absolutely crazy. And and we've had people say that all along and all along the way. There's been so many of those milestones that they've hit where it's like, no way, it can't happen. That cannot happen. And, and you got to remember, I was coming from a junior college, and I turned the job. You know, Fuey called me, and I was like, ah, I got a good gig here. I don't think I <laughs> – think about that, uh, you know. And so to – where we were to where it is now, it's remarkable. And it was really funny because I had one of my former players at that junior college who was here in town in Boise, and he had two teenage kids, right? And his dad says to him, hey, uh, you remember Coach Rice used to coach at Gonzaga? And and the two kids said, yeah, they, you know, I love them, but they just can't win the big one. I'm like, are you crazy from where we came to, to where it is now? And that's what people are saying. It just, uh, you know, in my mind, I had this 20-year journey flash in front of my eyes of where it came from to where it is now. And a kid says something like that. So it, it is remarkable. It's probably one of the, if not the most remarkable story in sports. I mean, and I got to see it from the you know inception, from when I was a grad assistant at at Oregon and Mark was a grad assistant at Gonzaga. I saw every brick being built and put in, and and to have a place come as far as it has in a place like Spokane, because you're not it's not like a basketball hotbed before this ever happened and or anything like that. There wasn't you know twenty All Americans sitting you know, in Spokane, Washington, waiting to go to Gonzaga. It's just a, it is an amazing story. And uh, just to have a small part in it is pretty, pretty awesome. All right, let's get to your team. You coach your son, Max, who was an outstanding player, but he's been, he had a couple of surgeries in the off season, been banged up, right? It's a hard thing to kind of balance. But one thing that, I don't know if I told you this the other night at Air Force, but I told other people is like, you know, when you guys went on your 14-game winning streak, one of the big difference was Max started playing better, right? Like, he wasn't playing yeah, great yeah. to start the year. He started kind of – but what is that really like to coach your son who he's not your best player, he's not your worst player, you need him to play, but I don't know how much you need him to play, and you've had some injuries as, as well. What, what has that been like for you? Well, first of all, it's a credit to him because when you look at you look at our our winning streak last year, because remember we had a long winning streak last year, and he was playing a lot of minutes. And you look at when we lost, his minutes got were decreased, and it was the same at the start of this year. I wasn't playing him as many minutes. You know, yeah, you say he wasn't playing that good, but he was almost being used in a pinch hitter role. Sure, and uh, so you know, so. It's interesting. I, you know, one of the things that I really try to do in this program is sure that there's these, you know, we have superstars and we have first round picks and guys like that that win you a lot of games, but we have those intangible guys that are just winners that get stuff done that you just have to have on every team. And, and I think you would say Tyson Dagenhart's that kind of guy. And you say Max Rice is that kind of guy. And, you know, we have those kind of guys. That, that make the guys around them 
twice as good. And, you know, you look back to my days with Jeff Loriaga, and we had a guy named David Pendergraft at Gonzaga. We've always had those, you know, you hear them called glue guy, whatever they're called. They're all different names. But that is a key. I think that's a big key to winning basketball games. And, you know, they might not be the most talented guy. They might not, you know, but they always do winning things that, that you know, they, they pass up a shot and get your best player a, a wide-open three. Or they, you know, all those things matter so much. But to find, you know, we're all looking for the most talented guys. Let's just get the five most talented out there. That, that doesn't work. And, it, and it, you know, there's so many challenges that come with that that those other guys are so valuable. And, you know, Jeff Loriaga started for three and a half years here on NCAA tournament team and some of our best teams we had. And, and I'm telling you, he wasn't even recruited by any D2s. But he was such a winner and such a guy that made the winning plays night, night after night, gave up his body for the team. So, you know, Max has got a little of that. And, and that's the more, you know, the games he plays a lot of minutes and we usually win. It's, it's crazy. So that's something that, you know, that, that, that I've always paid attention to. But, but also, he's got a great feel for the game and a great feel for his teammates, and they all like him. And so it's really crazy. I think the best compliment or the best, you know, description of it was one of our players, we were talking and said something about and I think he called me dad or something, and the player looked at him and like, oh, yeah, I forget that that's your dad. You know, because <laughs> just the relationship we have and, the you know, and, and it's the way I am with the other players, too. I mean, I, you know, Abu Kijab is my only senior that I'll lose. And, and I think if you asked him, I, I would hope that he would say that I treat him like a son, you know, the same. And I care, you know, like I, I, it bothers me when like a, somebody will come and say, oh, that was terrible. That was your son. Well, it was terrible if it happened to Abu Kijab or if it happened to Marcus Shaver, if it happened to, you know, any of those guys that – that's the way I treat these guys, and that's not a cliche, and that's not a. But that's just the way that we operate here. And if you ask players, I think they would say that. Best of luck to you tonight. We know it's going to be a barn burner. I look forward to seeing you later on this season. And thanks for being our guest. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. They got a great team. I think the Mountain West has got a lot of really good teams this year, and this this is going to be uh, 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 down. You know, another one of those classic San Diego State Boise State ones. I hope. Hey, listen, you, I, concessions are now back open, right? Why? Why we not? Are, why not two dollar beer tonight? What can, can we? Can yeah, you make that happen? I was, that, that's what I was wanting. Maybe we can get that for senior night for uh, and, and pack the place for a boo. I, I don't know that that. Hey, yeah, we are fully operational tonight. Let's. Uh, let's well, I just go. thought That's a two twenty. I just thought two twenty two twenty two. They have other deals in the arena for two dollars. Why not two dollar beers? I, I call it Nick Duncan night. That's you, you call it Nick Duncan. Yeah. Night. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> that is a yes. That is a good call. You're an idea guy, Doug. I like that. Uh, That's a great one. Good luck tonight, Leon. Thanks for joining us. All right. Okay, thanks, guys. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to get you caught up on something you may have missed. We call it What the Fox Said. <laughs> what does the Fox say? This is Colin Cowherd earlier today on Tom Brady to the Niners rumors. For unhappy quarterbacks, the order is... You express frustration with the front office. You call your agent and uh, talk to him. Then a couple of days later, you request the trade. If that fails, your agent leaks something to the press to put pressure on the team. And then if that fails, then you threaten to retire. 
And that's the order of things. The order isn't, I'm going to retire, and two weeks later, hey, just kidding, I'm going to go play for the Niners. What? Excuse me? <laughs> so Brady retires. Stories come out that he's not particularly happy at the end, which Bruce Arians refutes. And now I'm supposed to believe the most prepared, detail athlete of my life is just going to throw a haymaker out there and come out of retirement. It makes no sense. Tom Brady would go six to seven months a year without a beer or a strawberry. And now, two, three weeks after retiring, he's lost all discipline. He's just frantic at home, bailing water, bored out of his mind, can't get it together, got to be back, desperate. It I just doesn't feel anything like Brady. It's so weird and clunky and off-brand for a meticulously prepared and detailed person. Uh, we, we're not going to know on Tom Brady if he wants to play or not uh, uh, until the the first week of the season, second week of the season, when he's sitting at home and he's even watching the games. Is he at a football game or is he on a beach somewhere? Is he doing something with his kids? You know, th that's really what it comes down to. How much does he miss it? The Niners, the Niners move mountains to get Trey Lance. He's on a rookie contract. They have a stacked team and they they likely feel like this is similar to the Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick transition, right? And maybe they hope it's like the Alex Smith to the Pat Mahomes transition, where you bump up into your ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's about the best you can do if you get a guy with a little bit more talent then he can take you to a higher threshold and to a Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl. I know Garoppolo took you to a Super Bowl, but eight passes in the NFC Championship game. And then, uh, obviously, uh, they lost the lead this year against the Rams. And I don't think it was much uh, all his fault. He didn't have a very good offensive line, but couldn't win the game, even though they had a fourth quarter lead. So, so my guess is that, as of now, Brady feels a little bit weird about it. But is he preparing to play next year? The likelihood is no. And... If he is going to play, he's got to go through a whole world of preparation, and that won't occur until he makes the decision that he misses it, and that won't be till next fall. That's what the What does the Fox say? What does the Fox say is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawn mowers to run their businesses. And for his weekend, Joe's, visit HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. Will Zion stay in NOLA? We discuss next.